Hey guys, this is Bitches Don't Brunch. I'm Liz. And I'm Montana. We've got a good topic for you guys today. We do. But before we jump into it, we I, I had a few recs for you guys. Um, not necessarily like new ones, but uh, I'm in a reading slump. So I was going through old books and I was like, oh, well, these are both really good. They are also by my favorite author of all time, uh, both of them. So one is called House of Hearts by Francesca Leah Block. It's a really fantastic kind of like mystery book. And she's got like this beautiful lyrical way of writing that is just absolutely stunning. Um, It's her newest book and I devoured it. Pretty, it's dark. It's pretty dark, but it's, it's very interesting and it kind of like, involves Egyptian myths and gods and goddesses and cults. And it's really, really good. Um, Plus there's like a murder and a mystery. So it's fascinating, beautiful. And then the other book is also by Francesca Leah Block and it is called Nymph and it is erotica. (laughs) And it's really good erotica too. Cause it's not like your typical, like, Why do you look at me when you say erotica? (laughs) I'm like, you should read this. But it's not your typical, it's not like Fifty Shades of Grey, and it's not like I banged my priest or something like that, which I have read those. Those are good too. It's fine. But this one kind of also has the fairy tale element in it. So there are like tales about transformation and like mythical creatures and ghosts. And it's, it's a really beautiful and somehow also very like sexual book and I like it. So those are my, are they easy reads? Yeah. I mean, her books are like more like novellas than I have to ask because you're a writer. So you can do like the, they're shorter reads, but there's definitely a lot of like symbolism and mythology, but I mean, in the way she writes is just stunning. But I think especially Nymph is worth a try because it's very sexy. Whenever I get through the second book. um, Of Crave? Yeah, but I can't think of what the second book is called. Couldn't tell you off the top of my head. I'm like halfway through it. I need to read the new one because it just came out. And my sister has read it, but I have not. And I need to get into it. Is that the final one? I don't know. Well, it's the last one right now. Yeah, but I don't know if it's the final, final one. I somehow doubt it. Okay, well, since the new one came out, I guess I should pick up my pace a bit. Eh, Take your time. It'll be there when you want it. I go through spurts. Like, sometimes I can't stop reading stuff. And then if I stop, and then I go a long dry spell. And I'm hitting that dry spell right now. I read every night, but... I haven't read anything new in a while because I've been in such a slump with it. I mean, I need to get back to reading my witchy books because those make me happy and I learn things. Whee! Did anything creepy happen to you this week? Researching our topics? Yeah. No. I get things out of the corner of my eye sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hold on, is that like part of the wall or is that a tick? It is a spider, it looks like. That's okay. Houdini. No, because Udini was like 
10 times bigger than that. <laughs> no, That's the size of a tick. Houdini was like no, Houdini a monster. Was, Houdini was that small. That was a little bitey. I just want to make sure it wasn't a tick. Sweet little bite on the wall. Oh, sweet little bite. No, spider can stay over by Grim. Fuck that. <laughs> I do feel like I see more things out of the corner of my eye. Mm. Where I have to do a double take and I'm like, wait, what? But there's nothing there. I honestly think that researching these things like opens, opens you up to it. So what's happened to you? Okay. I had a very terrifying experience, actually. So I was going to sleep the other night, and all of a sudden, I hear next to my head, like, no, baby, it's okay. Don't don't bark. Anyway, you didn't do that the other night, so don't start now. So I'm used to that. I hear knocking all the time, thumps from under the bed and stuff like that. I'm used to that. Baby, it's okay. And I was like, okay, whatever. Um, so I heard the knocking and then I heard like whispers and I was still like, yeah, I'm used to this. It's fine. But what I was not used to was like, it sounded like someone with a metal foot was dragging it up the stairs. It was literally terrifying. And for a second, I I thought I was an actual intruder. Like Grim was going crazy and I was like laying in my bed and I was like, I am going to die. Wait, so Grim actually reacted this he time? He did. Well, he always reacts, but he usually just like runs away because he's a little, which he did. So what did he do this time? Well, to, to give him credit, he did run towards the noise. And I sat in my bed, curled on my side going like, well, I'm going to die. Because I know myself and I guess in situations... I freeze or I fawn. I don't fight and I don't flight. I just freeze. So I froze. Um, and then like Grim came back up the stairs. So I was like, okay, I guess all is well. And, um, oh God. Yeah. And then I, I guess I finally went to sleep with all the noise and the ruckus. I had to turn all the lights in the house on and my bedroom light. I was like, I'm not fucking sleeping in this nonsense. Um, and then when I woke up in the morning, I woke up to my Kindle in a place where it had not been on my bed. And on top of it was a little black heart that I found on the side of the road a few weeks ago and stuffed into the bottom of my purse. (laughs) I'm going to answer some questions. Um, people are like, well, maybe it fell out of your purse. No, my purse is tiny. It was in the side zipper and stuffed all the way on the bottom and honestly completely forgotten about until I woke up and it was there. Second, people always ask, well, don't you put your Kindle in your purse? No, my new purse is tiny and it won't fit my Kindle. I have to carry my Kindle. Also, I don't take my Kindle out of the house because every time I do, I break it. So no, it was not in my purse and that heart was stuffed in there and so yeah something put that heart on my kindle and left it for me to wake up to so at least it was a heart yeah i'm not like super freaked out about that part i guess like i think that was more like my guides being like it's okay you're protected and then 
I cleaned the whole house. I saged the whole house. I made black salt and put it all over the doorways. I rang the bell, like all over, breaking up the negativity. I played cleansing away negativity music. I chanted. I did all the things to get rid of. Oh, and I used sage spray too over like everything. I was like, you need to get the fuck out of my house. So it seems to have helped. Um, I heard like some stuff last night, but I was just like, get out, go away. I'm trying to sleep. Only love and light may stay. If you're not loving, like, get the fuck out. So, yeah. I also had a really, really sad dream about, like, soulmates that night, too. Like, had a dream about, like, these two soulmates that, um... Did you ever see that movie, The Lake House? No. Oh. Well, it was kind of that same concept. Like, they had met, but then they, like, split into two parallel worlds. And, like, they could be at the same place at the same time, but... The other person wasn't there because they were in like split. Is that why they put the letters in the mailbox Mm -hmm. with Keanu? Mm -hmm. I love Keanu Keanu. Reeves. I think it was Keanu Reeves. I think it was Ben Affleck. No, I think it was Keanu. Do not mistake. No, I would Keanu for Ben Affleck. No, no, no. Ben Affleck can go suck a dick. Yeah, Ben Affleck is the worst. I don't like Ben Affleck. I feel like I'm slipping into a different time now. I feel like that happens sometimes. Do you ever feel like you're in a different? Remember when I told you I was like, where did those like fifteen oh minutes my God, it go? Was Keanu Reeves. For some I reason, told you it's Keanu Reeves. I swear it was Ben Affleck. I swear sometimes I slip into different universes, but that's another. But it was really sad, right? Like it was like these two soulmates that like just couldn't meet. Which reminds me of a book I read. Books. Honestly, I wish they were a couple in real life because they are so cute together. <laughs> and I guess that. When they filmed Speed together. Yeah. He had a crush on her and she had a crush on him. But they didn't know. I know. I'm like, oh my god. I love those two. So, yeah, that was my creepy-ass fucking experience. And uh, Yeah, I didn't have any of that. Oh, and then as I was writing in the car last night, because I went to get some food because I had a break because my client canceled. Taco Bell again? Yeah. (laughs) Was it? It was. I love Taco Bell. My client canceled literally 30 minutes before the massage. (laughs) So I was like, fine, fuck it. I went to get food, and then I was just sitting in the parking lot in the dark, writing about a game in the car, and I was like, oh, my God. I just had the most terrifying feeling that if I looked in the rearview mirror, someone was going to be behind me, and I was like, nope, I'm going in. (laughs) not doing this anymore. (laughs) It's so scary. So you didn't look? I did. I didn't see anything, but I had this overwhelming feeling that something was around. Something was in there. And like I said, I think when we do these things, we do draw things to us. So I'm not playing any of these games. Me either. Even this one. I don't think I do this one. And this is the one that I'm most likely to do. Awesome! Guys... Montana had an, an idea for like a cute little segment we can do and it would basically be truth or dare, but you guys give us the truth or dare. Like you tell us what you want us to do or what you want us to tell you and we will shout you out and read it on the podcast and then we will have to either film ourselves doing it, post on our Instagram doing it or something to prove that we actually did it. So we've got a few responses already. <laughs> but we're saving those for next week, I think. For next week? I think we can post like one of them. Well, yeah, stay tuned because I'll post one. I'll post one to 
tonight or tomorrow. I got to find an embarrassing photo. I don't know if I have an embarrassing photo because I delete the embarrassing photos. That's what I was thinking. But then I remembered that sometimes other people take photos of you and tag you and they're ugly. That's true. Like not you. I'm talking about like in general. So, uh, if you guys want to do truth or dare, as always, you can DM us on Instagram or you can email us at the don't brunch podcast. All right. You ready to get in? Let's get started. All right. So I did the 11 mile road ritual. Don't ask the rules. I'm going to tell everyone everything that you need to know in this little story that I wrote. Would you put your life in danger if you could have one wish granted? Would you take the winding way, risk everything to possibly see your dreams come true? Would you follow the rules, knowing that if you break even one, your life could be forfeit? That is the purpose of the 11-mile road game. Take the road and then win. <laughs> I'm sorry, if. If you make it to the end. You can have one wish granted. All you need is a reliable car. Side note, I would definitely do a car and not a motorcycle. You will understand in a second. Uh, you'll need to do this late at night and you'll need some wooded back roads where you can find the 11 mile road. This is not an actual road you can look for on a map. You are stealing into another place, a glimpse into the other side. You'll know you've found the road when you begin to see things that represent your secret innermost desire. If you want wealth, you might see golden shimmers in the trees. If you want love, you might see delicate rose petals fluttering in the air. Oh, and did I mention that for this game, you can't bring anyone with you? Yeah, sorry. It's just you, the road, and the game. Now let's go over some ground rules before you go to find this road. You cannot have your phone, your iPad, or any technology at all. You cannot open your windows. You cannot play the radio. You cannot go over 30 miles per hour. You cannot look in the mirrors. No matter what you do, you cannot stop. You cannot turn around once you've started. You have to take the whole road until the very end. I also suggest that you turn your heater on now before you begin, because once you start, you cannot fiddle with anything in the car. And trust me, you're going to need that heater going full blast. Are you ready? You sure? Okay, it's your funeral. Let's begin. You have decided to play the game because you have a true and deep desire. Is it love? Is it money? That's okay. You don't have to tell me, but you must have it in your mind. You take your car to the back roads into the woods. You manifest the road in your mind. You want the 11 mile road. You need the 11 mile road. You're goddamn Odysseus and this is your quest. The roads start to become less familiar. Your gut is screaming at you to turn back turn back. And so you know you're getting closer. You're not going to turn back, not when you're so close. You see, you see a shimmer in the trees just as your throat closes up. This is it. You found the road. Mile one. 
you are on the road. The night, once alive with the sound of little creatures in the brush, the wind through the trees, is now quiet and still. The temperature drops, but you've already turned on a heater. This is a sign. You are on the right path. And now it's too late to turn back. Mile two. Where did the animals go? Did the trees get bigger? Did the night somehow get darker? The temperature drops again, and now you're shivering. You can't seem to shake the cold or the feeling that someone is watching you. Mile three. You swear you can see your breath, even with the heat turned up to full blast. The paved road ends and turns into a dirt road. If you had any doubt that you were truly in the game, now there's none. And what the hell are those things beyond the trees and near the road? They look like people. Don't look, you remind yourself. Don't fucking look. But from your periphery, you can see the shadowy forms. And you know that they're watching you. Do not acknowledge them. If you acknowledge them, they'll come closer. Know that, and still, the urge to turn your head just ever so slightly is overwhelming. But you don't. You press on. Mile four. You can hear whispers suddenly, but they don't sound far away. They sound close. And, and like they're getting closer. You breathe through it, focus on the sound of the heater stuttering and groaning. You're so cold. When did it get so cold? You could hear your teeth chattering. You wish you could pull over, rub your hands together, and just stop. Don't. You aren't even halfway. You have a while to go. This is nothing. Mile five. Just as all the posts you researched said, a lake appears out of nowhere with a gorgeous full moon. Was the moon full before? And was it ever so beautiful and big? You feel drawn to the scene. The stars glimmering in the lake's reflection make you sigh. You loosen your grip. Surely it, it wouldn't hurt to stop and walk along the shore, skip some rocks to disturb that stunning reflection. Would that break the grip the view had on you? You somehow doubt it. Still, the land feels so peaceful and, and it seems to draw you in. It's mesmerizing. You're nearly ready to turn the car to the side and find a way to the lake when something gagged and paralyzed within you breaks free and begins screaming, do not stop, do not look, do not get out. You shake your head and get the car back to the middle of the road, hitting something. Can't stop for that either. You hope whatever it was, wasn't alive. You keep driving, stay in the middle of the road and avoid looking out again. Now you know that if you look at the lake again, you'll end up at the bottom of it. Mile six. Now the lake and moon disappear. The looming trees return and somehow they seem even more closer and more menacing. Your throat is tight like a hand is squeezing it. And then the radio flips on but you followed the rules. You didn't touch it. You won't touch it. Static. 
You feel a chill run through you and you grit your teeth. Don't listen, you tell yourself. Just don't listen. A chuckle through the speakers, like if menacing were a person. <laughs> you have to listen, the voice says. It is neither male or female. It slithers into your ears. You're in my realm now. I get to pick you apart like my own flower garden. You're just a weed anyway. You are never good enough. You know that, right? You are never smart enough or good looking enough or funny enough. You're just a forgettable face. Once you disappear, no one will even remember you're gone. What? Did you think anyone would come to look for you? <laughs> a wheezing laugh. Please, you're a bad person with the mask of goodness. I see your slick, oily soul. You're destined for a realm of darkness and fear. Just a little narcissist trying to pretend you're different than anyone else. <laughs> you think anyone will cry when you wind up dead on the side of this road? When you're just another grasping shadow creature like all the other failures? No one will even remember you once you're gone. I am not listening. But you are. You're useless, pathetic, pitiful. You have no talent. It's me. Hi. I'm the problem. It's me. You scream. You're, you're, you're the problem. You're shit. You're. At tea time, everybody agrees. I'll stare directly at the sun, but never in the mirror. It must be exhausting, always rooting for the anti-hero. You scream the lyrics and even shimmy and shake, anything to drown that voice out. You keep your eyes on the road and belt out Taylor Swift. Even as the road begins to twist and turn, you don't stop singing. Even as the voice tries to shout at you, over you, and your headlights start to flicker, you don't stop singing. And you're crying, silently pleading with some unknown force to keep you safe, to keep the car going. You don't stop, even as the headlights continue to turn on and off to flicker with uncertainty. Mile seven. The, ra the radio turns off, finally. You stop singing and take a shaky breath. Maybe you can do this. Maybe. But then the voices return from earlier. This time they are not whispering or murmuring. They are screaming in agony, in pain, in anger. Please stop. Oh God, please stop. I'm hurt. Please, I'm just like you, but my car broke down. Please, please. Oh my God, please. They're hurting me. Oh my God, they're hurting me. Please help me. Stop this goddamn car or I'm going to fucking kill you. This last one comes from the back seat. You know not to look, but the compulsion to is insanely strong. Stop the car. It's a female voice, sly and sinuous almost sensual. You can feel fingers rest on your shoulder. Feel the breath in your ear, rank and rotting. Nails across your throat, digging into the delicate skin, pushing. You know not to acknowledge them, 
You can't turn around. You can't look in your rearview mirror or they'll, they'll have the power. Who are these shadows and screamers? You wonder, but you know, you knew all along. These are the people who didn't complete the ritual. Mile eight, you're freezing even with the heater blasting. Cold sweat is collecting on your forehead as you navigate the ever-worsening roads. Potholes, sharp turns, unseen forces pushing, running over branches that crackle like bones. Just a few more miles. You can do this. But, but you feel sharp fingernails scraping against the sides of your car. You hear their voices crooning or moaning. And then... As all the posts said, your headlights shut off. You want nothing more than to stop, but you can't. You can't. You're being swallowed by darkness. You can't see shit in front or behind you. The voices are a cacophony, and you wish you could put your hands over your ears, but you can't take your hands off the wheel. Sometimes you see flashes in the dark, pale hands, red eyes. You're shaking so hard you can hear your bones clatter. You know you can't stop, but driving with no light is horrifying. However, less horrifying than whatever the hell is out there. You slow, but you continue. Mile nine. The headlights return to normal. The voices become quieter. You're achingly close to the finish line, it's just a couple miles away, so close you can nearly taste it. You're screaming lyrics to any and every song that pops in your head, from Journey to Lil Wayne to cover the heavy silence. And worse, what's in that silence? You know they are there. You can feel their heavy stares, their hunger. The vehicle sputters and stalls. You knew this might happen. The rules and posts said it almost always happened, but your heart still climbs into your throat. Close your eyes. Close them. You cannot open them until the car starts. They're pressing in, breathing heavy. They're in your back seat at your windows. You're squeezing your lids together so tight it hurts. Fuck, 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 please, 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 fuck, fuck, please start. You know not to open your eyes until the car starts again. It turns over once, twice. Come on, come on, come on. And it starts. You still don't open your eyes. It feels like something is pulling your car backwards. Don't open them. Just drive a few feet and then, then you open your eyes. You breathe, a sigh of relief. You see movement in the side mirrors, in the rear view you know not to look. You know to never look. The car continues. Fine now. You made it through that trial. Two more miles to go. Just two. You can make it. Right? Right? Mile 10. The silence hurts your ears. Has anyone ever talked about how silence throbs? Almost painful? The shadows withdraw with a few chuckles. They don't believe you'll make it. They believe that soon you'll join the ranks to terrorize other innocent passengers. You just wanted to have a wish granted. 
but was it worth all this? The teeth chattering, the near hypnosis, the urge to drive into a beautiful lake and let go, the urge to go into the dark and never return. Keep driving, you chastise yourself. Don't stop now, not now, never. You can do it. Mile 11, the red light appears out of nowhere, but you know this isn't the end. This is another trial. Your car goes dead. You knew it would, even though you filled up the tank and had your battery checked before you took this road. How long have you been driving? An hour? 10? An entire night? Time feels meaningless. Though the car doesn't have power, it keeps moving forward as if unseen hands are pushing it on. You can feel their fingers scraping and clawing, peeling the paint, but you can't break. You can't stop. You move inexorably forward. The red light is your entire vision. Nothing else exists. You close your eyes and cover your ears. The worst is yet to come. When, when, when? And then it does. You're going through hell. You scream as flames lick your skin, peeling it away and charring your flesh. You could feel the blisters bubble. You've never felt heat like this, like Satan himself is your passenger, guiding you to hell. My God, is this why there are nearly no stories about people taking this road? Because they don't get out? They just drive straight into the pits of hell itself? You've never felt pain like this. You scream and scream and scream. You can hear the discord of shrieks and terror. They're right in your ear, burrowing in. If you were to look, would your fingers be merely bones and nothing else? Surely your skin has melted off. Fire and flesh, that's the cost. That's the cost. But you don't open your eyes. Still, you believe in the end to it the end of the road. And suddenly it's over. The voices stop. The heat disappears. You roll to a dead end. Your breathing is heavy. Your digits shaking. Sweat covers every pore. You just want to get the fuck out of here. But you stop. Take a deep breath. You remember why you took this road. The desire that brought you to this hellscape. You bring it to mind. You close your eyes one last time. I wish. A breath and a yearning as you ruminate on what brought you to this. I wish. I wish. You let it fill your being and only when you can see it shimmering in front of you, you open your eyes. You're at the beginning of the road again. You flip on the radio to break up the quiet and check the clock. It's been six hours. How the hell has it been so long and so short somehow too? You feel as if you've died and gone to hell a thousand times over. You know the rules. Check your pocket, backseat or trunk. If it was a material object, if it was a material, pay close attention to what is going on around you in the next few weeks. You feel nothing in your pocket. And honestly, you're too fucking terrified and shaken to check the backseat or the trunk. So you drive home, home. You see the stars dimmer and less beautiful than those on the lake. 
Why do you yearn for those stars, that reflection, even now? You break the speed limit on your way, open the windows finally, and breathe deep. So you're going to definitely have to explain the rules. So basically, the rules are you have to... You have to want the 11 mile road. You have to go and like want to find this road with a desire in mind. You go out late at night and then you wish and wish and wish. And then when you feel this feeling, when you see a shimmer in the trees or rose petals or something that might signify your desire, you know, you're close. You continue on until you know that you have entered. You just know because you're gut is screaming at you to turn back. And then once you have entered the road, there is no turning back. Basically the whole time you just have to go through all these 11 miles and you cannot look at your phone. You cannot have your phone. You cannot have any technology. So the people with the fucking game, like I drove the 11 mile road and they took a video of it. No, not true. You can't have a fucking phone. Anyway, Tell them. I just had to say it. Get them. I just had to say it. So anyway, you take the 11 miles, but the whole time there are things trying to stop you, trying to distract you, trying to, you know, kill you. (laughs) So you have to take the entire road. And then at the end of the 11 miles, after you roll through the red lay and feel the pain of hell itself, you come to a dead end, you make your wish. And then when you open your eyes, you're at the beginning where you began and you can drive home. And then if you have made it the 11 miles, you will find whatever it is that you wished for in your pocket, in your trunk or in your backseat. Or if it's not material, it should happen in the next few weeks. However, I have only found like one or two stories of people that did this. And like, because they're on Reddit, it's like a little iffy, but it does kind of make you wonder, like have people done this and just like not succeeded? Because there are so many paranormal games and there are so many accounts of all these different paranormal games, but not the 11 mile road. I find that sus. I find that sus. That is pretty sus. Uh huh. Did you, so did you, um, do you have one from Reddit? I do. Yeah. But I figured like you could read yours and then we'll both do the things at the end since I basically just told the story. So anyway, this is the only ritual I would consider doing. And even then, it's like a little like, "Mm, I don't know. There's like demon creatures trying to stop you. There's like a mesmerizing lake and moon that appears. There's like people appearing in your backseat. The radio comes on and tells you all your deepest fears. Like, I don't know. And then you have to go through hell itself, basically, like. The one, like, it just sounds like a lot of work. But then I'm thinking, like, shit, like, I could wish for something big, though. Like, a lot of money. Like, life-changing money. I was literally about to ask, would it be money? It would be money. Because I don't want to, like, wish for love. Because I I don't know. It just, I don't want to wish for love. Like, every time I think about wishing for love, I always think of Aladdin. Oh, I think of practical magic. He's like, you can't make someone fall in love with you, or you can't like wish that person to fall in love with no, you. No, it doesn't cannot. work that way. You can't. They you have shouldn't. free will. That's why I don't like witches that say that they do like specific love spells on people, and I'm like, you should not be doing that, little one. But whatever. So yeah, I would probably wish for a lot of money. 
But like, you do have to think like, why haven't more people attempted this? And then you also have to think like, what's the price? Like there's a catch? Maybe. I don't know because this doesn't sound like something light and happy. This sounds like some dark shit. It sounds like, yeah, okay, maybe you'll get riches, but then like you sold your soul or something, you know? Like, I don't know. I don't know. It just sounds really dark. Well, maybe more people have done it. It doesn't mean they talk about it online. So there could be more people. Maybe. I don't know. It just seems a little weird to me. Hmm. I probably still want to play your game. It's interesting. It's the least, the least harmful of all the games. Oh, there is one I think you and I should try. What? I can't remember what it's called, but it's like basically like you like sit around in a circle and like you have like string around you and you like have like an actual like camera and you take photos and basically you're like asking for a ghost to come forward and appear in the photos. Hmm. That's also inviting. I don't know. But in any of these games, you're inviting something. In this game, you're encountering people. Like, people will show up in your backseat and you can't look. You cannot look in the mirrors. There are things surrounding your car, scraping your car, trying to hurt you, trying to stop you, trying to pull you off the road, trying to distract you. Are these, like, people you know? No, they're, like, shadow figures. Mm. They're, like, I don't know if it was, like, someone that died and... They'll appear sometimes. One story I read, it was, like, someone that she loved kept appearing and begging her for help. And then she, like, had to hit him. And, like, because she knew it wasn't actually him. It was pretty brutal. It was dark. And then, like, she gets her wish at the end. And it's him. But it's not him. It's, like, some other version of him. It's, like, really. It was sad. It was, like. I, I believe it was fiction, obviously. And, like. It was like a creepy pasta thing, and I was listening to it, and it was really sad because she takes all this road to get her friend Alex back, who played the game, and then she's doing the game, and then like you find out that like she was in love with him the whole time, and he like kind of backed off from her, and then he decided to do this game, um, and so she's doing the game to get him back, and she has this like guy that's like mocking her and guiding her at the same time. And then, like, towards, like, the very end, towards, like, mile nine, he's like, Alex is dead. This is pointless. He's dead. But then, like, she wakes up in the morning. He's in her bed. She's so happy for, like, two seconds until she realizes that he has a tattoo. Or, no, I'm sorry, a scar on his head that he had never had before. And that he looks like Alex. He laughs like Alex. He talks like Alex. But it's definitely not Alex. So it was pretty fucked up. That's creepy. <laughs> it was. It was a good story that kept me entertained for a while. That's my story, y'all. It's your turn. Tell me everything. So the game I am doing is the elevator game. After listening to yours, I don't know which one's more creepier. <laughs> I think the elevator game is creepier. Um, so in the elevator game, this is more you have an out, um, you go to like a different world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not creepy at all. Okay, so I'm going to do something similar to what Liz did, and then I will go into the rules and then a little deep dive even a little farther and somehow they believe that this really escalated the elevator game, which is also creepy. 
So, and then it's a whole debate within that type of community. So you'll have to decide for yourself. Mm-hmm. But we'll get there. You know the game is nothing but an urban legend. Yet underneath that layer of doubt, you find yourself in front of your building's elevator. You told your friends you would play. So you are going to play. You look down at your hand where you've written the order of the floors that you have to visit. According to the game, you will be transported to another dimension if you do the game right. Nervously, you step in the elevator. But you think, why am I nervous? It's just a stupid game, right? Sign, you hit the button for the fourth floor. It glides there without a hitch and the doors open. Everything looks normal. Every floor in this building is practically the same. Now you anticipate a short but boring game. You press the number two button. There's a ding and once again, a normal hallway to behold. When the elevator opens, you can't help but sense something is off. You're not sure what because it looks like all the other floors, but yet the air is thicker, the lights dimmer, or is it just your imagination? You are not going to allow yourself to admit you are afraid. You hit the number two button. You want the elevator to take away from something only your animal brain can sense. The elevator door finally closes and takes you to the second floor. As the air cleared, but as the door shut, you notice something out of the corner of your eye. Before you can get a good look, the doors press back together. Floor 10 is next. This is where you start bracing yourself. Whew, nothing is there. All looks harmless. You take a deep breath. The adrenaline your body was giving you was flight or fight response. You know the next floor is where you might actually find if there's truth to this game. You hit the fifth floor. The elevator speeds to its destination. Its door is open. Through a crack, you can see a woman there. Averting your eyes, you hear the warnings in your head. When the woman gets on, do not talk to her. Do not look at her. She's not human. If you speak to her, she'll never let you come back home. Fear setting in, you hit the first floor button knowing it will either take you to the 10th floor, to the other world, or the first, which will allow you to exit into your own. It still sounds dumb to you, but you can't hide that you are actually feeling afraid. Then the female voice asks, cold tonight? You don't say anything, and you just press the button once again. Again, the voice asks, aren't you cold? You again press the one one more time. Do you have a tissue? I'm afraid I have a cold. The door closes. You leave the fifth floor, praying it goes down. However, the elevator goes up, up toward the 10th floor. You check your phone, no signal. You feel whatever is in the elevator is staring at you. You still don't look at her, even though you desperately want to. The doors open, your heart stops. The red glowing cross, an undeniable sign you have transversed to the other plane. You aren't going to be that stupid person in a horror movie. You deny the offer. Still avoiding the eyes of the woman, 
You step back into the elevator. You just want to return. You know you must reverse the order of the buttons. You press the fifth floor. Feels like it takes forever for the doors to close. You want to cry. Who is even going to believe you? The elevator pings again. The door opens to the fifth floor. The woman steps off. All you can do is see her shoes in the peripheral of your vision. Thank you, she says. You respond, you're welcome. With a shuddering breath, you catch your mistake. Your hand goes to your mouth. Silence, the doors stay open. The politeness caused an automatic reply, but that doesn't matter. You talk to the woman. You press the button for the 10th floor, hoping it will close, but it doesn't. You hear the tapping of shoes again. They are coming toward the elevator as you madly press the buttons. But the buttons will not save you. So I will go into the actual rules of the game. Because I think if you play this game, you actually do need a cheat sheet written on your hand. Yeah, it's very confusing. Yeah, because you have to do it in the exact right order. So instructions. You can only have one player. No more, no less. You need a building at least 10 stories high and equipped with an elevator and capable of reaching all 10 floors. Now, you can begin at any time. You can enter your chosen building and proceed directly to the elevator. You call the elevator. You use only the up button to do so. If a down button is present, do not touch it. When the doors open, enter the elevator. You must enter it alone. Do not proceed if anyone else is in the elevator with you. You press the button on the fourth floor. When the elevator reaches the fourth floor, do not get out. Instead, remain in the elevator and press the button for the second floor. So complicated. I know. You literally have to like write it down. Yep. I would never remember. We would fail. Yeah, absolutely. I would. Fuck yeah. You'd probably like comment to the one and be like, oh, I love your shoes. I, I mean, fuck. I would. <laughs> I, I'd be screwed. I'm, I just like always talk to people. When the elevator reaches the second floor, you do not get out. Instead, remain in the elevator and press the button for the sixth floor. When you reach the sixth floor, do not get out. Instead, remain in the elevator and press the button for the second floor. You still with me, right? When you reach the second floor, do not get out. Instead, remain in the elevator and press the button for the tenth floor. When you reach the 10th floor, do not get out. Instead, remain in the elevator and press the button for the 5th floor. When you reach the 5th floor, a young woman may enter the elevator. Do not look at her. Do not speak to her. She is not what she seems. Do not get out. Instead, remain in the elevator and press the button for the 1st floor. At this point, one of two things will occur. The elevator will begin descending to the first floor, or it will begin ascending to the 10th floor. If the elevator descends, the ritual has failed. Do not proceed. When the elevator reaches the first floor, exit as soon as the doors open. Do not look back. Do not speak. Exit the building and don't look back. You may try again another time. If the elevator ascends, the ritual has succeeded. You may proceed. Note, 
that if you are having any second thoughts about what you're about to do, if so, like you find that you're losing your nerve, now is your last chance to actually back out. To cancel the ascension and terminate the ritual at this point, press the button for any floor in the building besides the first or 10th floor. You must cancel the ascension before the elevator passes the ninth floor in order to terminate the ritual. When you reach the 10th floor, you may choose either to exit the elevator or to remain aboard. If you choose to exit and if the woman entered the elevator on the fifth floor, she may take this opportunity to ask you where you are going. Again, do not answer her. Do not look at her. Exit the elevator without any comment. Now, look around, but do not lose sight of the elevator in which you arrived. You will, it said, find yourself in another world. And although you may see many things and notice many details, you will know you have arrived in the other world. You will know for certain by one indication and one indication only. The only presence in it is you. So now we do the return trip. The method by which you may return to your own world depends on your choices thus far. If you did not exit the elevator at the 10th floor, press the button for the first floor. The door should close and the elevator should begin descending. If it does not, keep pressing the button for the first floor until it does. When the elevator reaches the first floor, exit as soon as the doors open. Do not look back, do not speak, leaving the building and return home as soon as possible. If you choose to exit the elevator at the 10th floor, return to the elevator. You must use the same elevator to return as the one in which you arrived. When you enter the elevator, press the button for the fourth floor. You will now proceed to press the button and visit the floors of the building in the same order you did during the last steps of venturing out. When the elevator arrives and open its doors, do not exit and just look outside. Check your surroundings carefully. If anything seems off, even the smallest detail, do not exit the elevator. Instead, press the button for the fourth floor and repeat the previous steps, beginning by pressing the button for the fourth floor again and checking your surroundings before exiting the elevator upon its return to the first floor. Once you are confident you have returned to your own world, you may safely exit the elevator and you can repeat these steps as many times as necessary. Do not exit the elevator before you are certain you have returned to your own world. If you do and you are incorrect, well, you might as well get comfortable. It may be a while before you see your home again. So regarding the other world, there have been reports concerning both the nature and appearance of the other world. They vary. So for example, that should you choose to exit the elevator game at the 10th floor, you will see uh, some say that electronic devices like mobile phones, cameras, like recording devices, etc. do not function in the other world. Some, however, say they function as usual. And again, the last rules do not speak to her do not look at her and if you do she may decide to keep you for herself well that's terrifying and confusing it's confusing it like kind of wears me out because i'm already worried about like disappearing into other worlds i mean i probably have 
I probably have to. <laughs> there was a part of me that was like, maybe I died the other night. Like maybe it was an intruder and I like died and then I like went to another timeline. Sometimes I feel that way when I lose track of time. Mm-hmm. When I lost like 15 minutes the other yeah. day, I'm like, I literally looked at the time and it was like 15 minutes later and I was like, that's impossible. I just looked at it, my phone a minute ago. Glitches in the matrix. That one messed me up. Portal traveling. Who knows what it could be. I wouldn't want to fuck with this game. I don't know. Slipping into other worlds. Yeah, I don't. Not for me. Well, it sounds like you slip into just another one. Yeah, I know. Um, but that actually, with this game, brings us to a woman on Elisa Lamb's story. Mm. And it's... It's pretty creepy, especially if you watch her like in the video of her like playing it. You think she was playing it, or do you think she was just doing stuff on the elevator? I think there was something more there, but I don't think she was playing the elevator game. I do think it's very interesting. Um, and the parallels are certainly odd, but I don't think she was playing the elevator game. I do think there might have been like Either something paranormal or something really fucked up, like someone chasing her. Because, like, when she hid in the elevator, that was, like, really weird and creepy. Yeah, but she was, like, look, she did poke her head out and kept looking back and forth. It was, it was creepy watching that and then watching the documentary. It became, I don't want to say, like, popular, but it was so sinister and it just boosted, um, basically the elevator game. It, like... Mm-hmm. It does because her video went pretty viral. A lot of people are upset that she's like affiliated with the elevator game because they're like this woman like was you know murdered and was very sick. They don't know she was murdered. There's yeah. no foul play. You know it was really weird the way that happened though. Like naked in the water. Well, you'll 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 tell it. Oh, she was naked. They didn't say that in the report. I'm pretty sure she was. I thought she was naked. Yeah. Yeah. So she was found dead in a water tank of the Cecil Hotel in downtown LA. We should do a whole podcast on that. I want to. Just reading about her is just, it's, I do want to watch a documentary, but I didn't have time this week to do it. Yeah. So she was floating naked. Jesus. Her clothes, her washing room key were in the water beside her. Her cell phone was never found. Okay, so yeah, she was, uh, let me back up here a minute. So she was found dead in a water tank at the Cecil Hotel in downtown LA, according to Liz on her that report that she was naked. Um, And she'd been reported missing for a month. So later there was a video footage that went viral of her displaying strange behaviors on an elevator, hiding in the elevator, like talking, walking in and out of the elevator, and people began to make theories of her death, which included the elevator game. And again, there is um, a documentary on Netflix, The Mysterious Death of Eliza Lamb. It is on Netflix. It's called Crime Scene, The The Vanishing of the Cecil Hotel, and I do want to watch it and... It looks like in a very intense episode. Like, cool. Lamb was only 21 years old. She was a college student and at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver. Uh, She was headed on a West Coast trip alone on January 26, 2013, via an Amtrak train from San Diego to Santa Cruz, California. 
She made a pit stop in LA and decided to check into the Cecil Hotel and was due to check out on January 31st, but she never did. Her family called the LAPD and the cops searched the hotel but couldn't find her anywhere on the premises. Surveillance footage was reviewed and it showed Lamb had stepped into the elevator on the day of her disappearance. In the footage, like I said, Lamb can be seen acting strangely as she steps into the elevator and begins pressing every button in the panel. The last of the video shows her standing by the left side of the door, waving hands and making random gestures. She is not seen talking to anyone and is the only one captured on tape. The video made the rounds on the internet as many found her behavior in equal parts strange and chilling, and you can actually find the video on YouTube. Additionally, the toxicology report finding she had multiple different medications to treat her bipolar disorder, but there was no presence of alcohol or illegal drugs in her body at the time. A maintenance worker found Lamb's body floating in one of the hotel's water tank on February 19, 2013, after several hotel guests complained about low water pressure and a weird taste in the tap water. That makes me so sick every time I think of it. I know, like, like, they're drinking her. Ugh. Yeah, they talk about that in the um, documentary. Yeah, I need, to, I need to watch this. It's very sad. See, it said that she was discovered wearing the same clothes she had on the elevator surveillance footage, and her body barely had blood due to the decomposition. So that's why I'm like, that. I didn't think she was naked, because they found her in the same clothing the day she disappeared. So I don't know. I'm pretty sure in the documentary it said she was definitely naked. Though. I'll go with the documentary. Yeah, I'll go with that. And an L.A. coroner issued a finding of accidental drowning with bipolar disorder as a significant factor. But, like, if she had the medication in her system, she was obviously taking her medication. So that's why I'm like, mm. And you should go and YouTube and watch the video because it's disturbing. It's very disturbing. It's, it's creepy. Yep. Because she obviously doesn't think she's alone in that elevator. No, it was... I was also read a little bit of another story and it said the earliest version of the elevator game on the internet in any language was like dated in 2008. Mm -hmm. So in 2006, there was a massive investigation into the manufacturing of elevators in Japan after the Minato Ward accident. So, in June 2006, a 16-year-old student was killed after taking an elevator maintained by SEC Elevator Company. The investigation found both the elevator manufacturer and the maintenance crew responsible for not taking the proper precautions. The faulty elevators were replaced after the accident, but there was still anxiety around the usage of elevators in Japan for years. Although the investigation suggested faulty brakes, loose bolts, poor maintenance were at fault, blah, 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 for the accident because the elevator was moving up, upward and unprompted while the doors were still open and that's what killed her. Mm. So this is where the elevator game became an urban legend for society to try to cope with the accident. So this is also where like it became popular. So Japan has some fucked up shit. <laughs> I know, but they I come up with the craziest. But it was I was seeing deaths. But like I was also seeing where originated in Korea, Japan. It's almost like Bloody Mary. The elevator game's like almost like Bloody Mary. So that was my game, and I I agree. We should do a whole podcast on her. 
or just on the Cecil Hotel, honestly. That place is fucking wild. Is it? Yeah, there's so I didn't so do much research many. on the Cecil Hotel. So haunted. Really? So, yeah. Yep. Lots of tragedies went down. Maybe. Will not surprise me. No. If you, yeah, go on YouTube, watch the video. This is where it's like a whole debate where like people claim it's the elevator game that she's playing. Others claim that she's just crazy and needs to be on medication. Others just feel so sorry for her. I think it's really sad. It is sad. Yeah. So yeah. how far did you get in the documentary? They accused this guy of murdering her. Oh. Um, and uh, well, they didn't accuse him, but like all these people that were like, like these armchair, uh, what are they called? Like armchair, uh, what are they called? detectives um, thought that this guy murdered her based on like symbolism in his videos. And then they were like coming after him for it. And he's like, I didn't fucking kill her. So that's as far as I got. And I was like, I need to stop. This is so dark. So, so you got like episode one. No, it was, no. Like, it was like halfway through girl. No, I made it through a lot of that. And then I was like, I just got to stop because. When I open myself to darkness, darkness comes She's out. just so young. That's why it's yeah. just so sad. She's a college student. And then the student that got killed by the elevator. Like, they're just so young. I know. So sad. Also, elevators terrify me. Same Z's. I hate them. Well, do you have any people playing the elevator game? I've got, I found one person that played the 11 mile room virtual. I, yes, I did find one on Reddit. I found one on Reddit as well. Because you get a lot of, like, this game is stupid, nothing happens, yep. Yep. and then I didn't want to do, like, any of the fictional ones. Yeah. So I got one yeah. that someone was like, yeah, I'm not going to play this again, so. Yeah, that's what I got, too. So why don't you read yours first? Okay, guys. This one is from Spooky Season on Reddit. That's S-P-O-O-K-I-S-Z-N, and it was from two years ago. It says, I played the 11 Mile Road game. Here's what happened. Quote, my favorite podcast did an episode on paranormal games. One of these games was the 11 Mile Road Challenge. The motivation is a wish. You know, wish upon a, sh- wish upon a star, wish comes true. But this game seemed a lot darker, like you're risking something. It scared me, but I thought maybe this is just a kid's game meant to freak teenagers out and something to laugh about later on in the night. I'm not so sure what this game is all about now that I've experienced it myself. To explain the feeling you get when you arrive at the 11 mile road, it doesn't feel like a game. It feels as if you're about to make a sacrifice. It feels like a ritual. In fact, if you search YouTube videos, most of them clickbait and people who aren't doing it right at all. Truth! Just had to say it. They do refer to it as the 11 mile ritual. Now I'll explain mile by mile what I experienced on the 11 mile drive. Mile one. It took me about 15 to 20 minutes of feeling absolutely nothing before all of a sudden I had this overwhelming feeling that I was there. At that point, I was at a sharp turn in the middle of the woods and I knew that when I turned that corner, that was it. The ritual would start. I did not feel a pull forward. I wanted so badly to turn around, but I just went. I just drove. At first, there was no change, but right as I was coming up on the second mile, the temperature seemed to plummet. I checked the paper I wrote the rules on and turned up the heater. Mile two. I find myself reaching to turn the heater on full blast. It's cold. And that's all. It's just cold. 
Nothing else seemed to be mile out of order. Mile three. I see one person walking along the right side of the road with a backpack. This looked to me like an actual human, though the fact that I was traveling along a desolate back road in the middle of nowhere <laughs> does strike me as odd. However, this person never looked at my car. He appeared in the rear view mirror and appeared to be playing on his phone. He looked very real and very normal and very unbothered. Besides this, I saw nothing else. Mile four. This is where shit got weird for me. I started to really fear the situation for the first time. And as I drove past a small clearing from the tre trees, I swear I thought I heard a fist hit my window and the sound of someone shouting my name. It was as if it was right outside the window. I have no explanation for this, except for in the case that my imagination was running wild at this point. Either way, I was shaking and involuntarily sped up. I considered turning around, but I just kept driving. Mile five. Nothing crazy happened during mile five. Actually, it was during mile five that I was able to take a breath and calm myself down. Mile six. Nope, 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 nope. I will never do that game or ritual again. My headlights shut off a total of three times. I slowed down but did not stop. This road was so curvy and it was the worst time for my lights to fuck up. The last time they went off, I actually thought they had burned out. They must have been off for at least a minute straight. I barely saw anything, just the yellow double lines and I went with that. I almost had to stop when I thought I could see someone standing in the middle of the road, but the, at the last second, my lights came on, and at the same moment, my radio started blasting an AM channel. This is said to happen, but I don't know if I possibly hit a button on my steering wheel. I forgot I wasn't supposed to turn off the radio, and I turned it off. I wonder if this affected the rest of the trip. Mile 7. Nothing happens. I just drive, and here's something hit my car. An acorn or something, I'm going to assume? Mile 8. Nothing happens, but I'm scared shitless at this point, and I have tears in my eyes. Aww. The fear is so intense, and I feel as though I am being intently watched. It felt as if someone was right behind me, looking at me and waiting for something. I kept waiting to hear someone start screaming. Mile nine. My car stalls. Yep, it happened. The one thing I thought, that won't happen. Oh, baby. I close my eyes as tight as I can as per instruction of the rules and I am screaming. I keep trying to start my car and finally it starts and I take off. I don't know if anything else happened. I just started going, screaming the whole time. I didn't see anything, but I swear I heard laughing at some point. In my memory, I can't pinpoint exactly when it was that I heard the laughing. Mile 10. I'm still freaking out. I'm crying, but I don't see or hear anything. It was pretty much just trying really hard to convince myself that this was all just a coincidence and random and there was actually nothing to be afraid of. Mile 11. I see a red light, but like a literal traffic light. Still, I close my eyes because I'm honestly not sure if this counts. I keep my eyes closed until I can see the red glow behind my eyelids. I stop. And I only stop because I felt like I was supposed to. When I opened my eyes, I felt like I hadn't experienced any fear, like I hadn't heard or seen anything. I felt fine, if not great. It was so strange. I closed my eyes, made my wish, and as it wasn't a physical thing, I immediately turned my phone on and routed myself home. It's been just about 18 hours since, but I'm still waiting to see what happened. So, was it my imagination? Was it all coincidence? I don't know. Maybe. I'll let you know if the wish comes true. There are only four comments. Someone says, I've been intrigued by this recently and just started looking into it. Did your wish come true? Someone else. So, did it come true? Someone else. 
Fantastic story. What ended up happening a year later? Last comment. I feel like because you have to follow all the rules to get the wish is why you didn't if it hasn't come true yet. But I'm very interested in trying this myself. Well, Same. He never responded. If Yeah, that's like weird. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. Watch him be like, what's his name? Huh? What's the Spooky guy? season. Watch him be like, he died one year later. <laughs> that was two years ago. Yeah. I see stuff from two years ago, but... So what do you what do you think? I don't know. I don't know if he did it right. We should do the three kings. What's the three kings? Scary. So do you think three kings is scarier than the elevator game and midnight or the nothing yeah. scarier than the, than the midnight man game? Well, maybe the doll one. The doll one's pretty fucking terrifying. No, I think the midnight man is literally the scariest. Yeah. So I'm an idiot and was researching the wrong game. And I was looking into the Midnight Game, and that is probably by far one of the scariest games I've read. I will, I will, I will not do the Midnight Game or the Midnight Man game. No, no. nope, nope, nope. That's too much. Uh, yeah, you're giving your full name. Absolutely fucking not. Blood sealed. Your blood sealed. No, absolutely nope. fucking not. No, nope. So, okay, so I found one on Reddit, too. Uh, Yay, Reddit! This one is by Frick underscore layer. Yeah, Frick! And it's called The Elevator Game During Corona Mania. So, obviously, this was submitted two years ago. All right, Frick, let's see what you got. So I bet you're all familiar with the elevator game, a.k.a. Elisa Lamb getting Bray Wyatted, but instead of WrestleMania, she went to Water Tank. If not, read the instructions here. And we're not doing that. Nope. And then he says, too lazy. Don't, right? You're going to the other world using an elevator. All right. Backstory. With the coronavirus running wild on everyone, brother... All establishments are mandated to limit their business operations or worse, just to spend as a whole, including the state-owned bank that left a single branch to operate across the nation. For a guy who has on the deadline to pay his taxes, I'd had to carry a fuck ton of cash and wait in line along with other suckers like me for fuck knows how long. It was nine hours, by the way. Thanks, bureaucracy. Addendum. The building I used is established less than a decade ago, so I doubt it has any legacy problems. I used janitor's elevator since it was more obscure and has no CCTV inside because the last thing I expected to happen was getting caught by security. The building has exactly 10 floors, excluding basement floors. I assumed ground floor equals first floor and ignored the B1 and B2. Side note, there was a whole another instructions on like if your elevator has this button or that button. So it's not always the same each time. I was like, I'm not going into it all that detail. So yeah. Okay. So to test whether if electronics work or not, I did two attempts with my phone on and off. It didn't work with mine recording the whole sequence. So my dumbass deleted the video and left the few pictures you'll see across the post. Perhaps you'll have better luck than I am. Since electronic doesn't work, bring a cheat sheet with you in case you forget the sequence to go and back. Pray, 
or at least believe it'll work and believe you'll make it out unharmed. Seriously, do it. I began from the ground floor as stated above, then press the floor number sequentially. Arrive at the floor, press the next floor, arrive, rinse and repeat. Think of rotary phone, but in elevator form. All right, so ground, aka first floor. Starting point. Because of failed previous attempt, I exit the elevator before I went back in. Press the fourth floor. Fourth floor. Nothing happens, but it felt quite eerily. So since few months ago, the building was always full of officials. As much as I don't like saying it, I like to give a shout out to my hoe Corona. Second floor. Nothing weird just yet. Shit's making me sweat drip a little. Sixth floor. Sixth floor. At this point, I started to feel regret. The curiosity filled my body with adrenaline. I can't stop now. So I carried on and pressed the next floor. Probably won't see this opportunity again. Tenth floor. Tenth floor, last chance to bail. I'm going to be honest that the idea of going to another world from the Sin City was not exactly as cool as quitting WWE for New Japan Pro Wrestling, but for the sake of online karma knowledge, I carried on and pressed the next damn floor and pray that I don't have to meet the girl on the next floor. Fifth floor. My nerve was practically went up the smoke as a woman entered the elevator with me. I'll be honest with you. I was full on regretting why the hell am I playing this shit. By the way of her looks, she looked like a normal janitor. At least that's what I could see from my peripheral vision. Except there's something about her aura that felt mm, wrong. I don't know how to explain it. I've heard her asking, where are you going, sir? Now I felt like I fucked up or something first floor and guess what how could the lift that's supposed to go down went up instead what's worse is the woman asked me are you all right because of how sweaty i was and disney and dizzy and my hypothalamus went amok i have to get the fuck out the 10th floor as soon as the elevator gate opened i'm gonna bail and hitch the elevator again at least i don't have to meet that creepy office girl again and bail i did the way the other world looked like is consistent as described in the past experience or others you might find on the internet. It was completely dark with almost no lighting. What you see here is the view of the 10th floor, but if the ritual worked, it might have looked this way. When I stepped outside, the corridor was completely dark with the sky beyond the windows was black. There was no single odor, no single sound apart from my footsteps, no wind, nothing. As if the world is devoid of life apart of mine. No source of light either except for the elevator, which was closed, and that spot at the end of the dark corridor. The corridor itself was almost labyrinth-like, with a distinct water dispenser marking that particular spot at the corner. So, this is why people shouldn't wander far from their elevator. It's easy to get lost in this world. By the way, the longer you stay in that world, the more you feel lost as losing hope, dreams, like the force lurking in every corner of darkness, whispering to follow the red dot at the end, the corridor catching the impending doom. I went straight to the elevator and pressed the sequence again. Ground. Nothing happened. Fourth floor. The elevator felt like a normal elevator, no ghostly bullshit. Second floor. This is when I started to realize the vibe of the other world. 
since you're the sole living entity there, you're longing for life and its meaning for you are living. Sixth floor. I was thinking about that. Second floor. If there's something else, I just realized the elevator does not have an emergency brake. Oh, God, please don't fuck me up. Please don't fuck me up, please. Tenth floor. So I came up with a strategy. If my luck was shit and the elevator goes up, I will press every single button below 10. I hope that works. Fifth floor. If I could choose how I want to die, I certainly don't choose vanishing into shallow realm. No, not getting COVID either. Both sucks. I ain't going to die with my own hands. That's a quitter move. No, I'm going to make the best of what's available and stick to the strategy. First floor. You know what? My luck was still on my side. The elevator decided to descend instead. It's like meant to be. First floor. Since the other world is so devoid of life, the sure way to find out is to see if the people waiting for taxes are here. Well, the sky was bluish white. The crowds were just as anxious and impatient as me. The shops were closed and the time would only pass for 20-something minutes. If there's something that I gained from the elevator game is elevator phobia and the need to be alert if I ever see that janitor aboard the elevator with me again. I hope I don't need to deal with elevators for the rest of the corona season. Thanks for reading. Remember to stay safe, stay sane, people. Woo! Okay, this guy needs to work on his writing. That's Reddit, so I guess he's just like... That was like hard to read because he was missing words and some... Okay. He has 41 comments. Anything good in there? If you sneeze in the elevator, would that have given the lady corona? Oh, my God. Someone by Mr. Pornflake says, my man, you're asking the right questions. O-M-G. Um, it says, where did the woman go? Did she stay in the elevator when you left it on the 10th floor? And when you came back to it, was she gone? He says, I think by the time the elevator door closes, she's already gone. That's my theory anyway, since I didn't look back until it closed. Um, this person said, I've always wanted to do this elevator ritual. Once I tried, asked my boyfriend to wait for me on the ground floor, but it was daylight. Somehow it didn't work. I understand your nerves on doing this, but it's a great ritual though. Cheers from Brazil. And then people are telling her she needed to be alone. Yeah. You do. That's what I don't like about these games is that a lot of the times you have to be alone. I don't I don't want to do it alone. If I'm gonna play a creepy game, I wanna do it with my friends. Because we're gonna go down, we're gonna go down together. So maybe spirits are a bunch of tech hating boomers that would be fine with analog cameras like Polaroids. Well, would you do it? No. Fuck no. Would you? I might do mine. I would not do the elevator game. There are some paranormal games that intrigue me. Not not like the elevator game. And I would like, do the elevator game if I could do it with my friends. Anything I could do any of them if I was with my friends. I still would not do the Midnight Man with friends. Y'all on your own on that one. No. Yeah, that's like pretty dark. We can talk about that in another episode. That was just creepy reading about. I do the Three Kings. Let's talk about that too. That one's creepy. Is it similar to the Midnight Man? No, it's basically like you have like two mirrors facing you. And oh, that's asking to open a portal right there. Yeah, you basically do. And you're speaking to two different versions of yourself from two different universes. All right, that, and one's no, the I'm fool good. and one's the king. I'm good. And you have to figure out who's who. 
taking advice and stuff. But that one has, like, so many roles, it's, like, fucking crazy. Like, I just want to, like... Like, more than the elevator game roles? Yeah. Oh, my God. Hold on, I want to see if they have, like, the roles here. If anyone's played any paranormal games, like, I really want to know. I know, me too. I, this one... Okay. Yeah, so this one's interesting. It says, like, you should be seated by 3.33 a.m. If you're not, don't worry about it. Check for potential red flag. If your cell phone didn't charge, abort the mission. If the alarm if the alarm didn't go off at exactly 3.30, abort the mission. If you find the dark room door closed, remember you left it open, abort the mission. If the fan is turned off, which you left turned on, abort the mission. Side note, if you have to abort the mission due to any of the above, leave the house with your loved one. Go to a hotel or something. There's no need to run. You have a time to grab a jacket and your keys and whatnot, but leave after 6 a.m. The coast should be clear. And you do not look directly at either of the two mirrors beside you. Do not let the candle go out. There's just so yeah. many things, though, that it's like, if this is off, don't play it. If you didn't get on the chair by 3.33, don't play it. If your alarm didn't go off, don't play but it. If your cell phone games are, like, all in the middle of the night. I'm like, I am sleeping. I think this one's from 3.33 to 4.44, which, like, that's, like... That's the devil's hour. Oh, like, 4.34. <laughs> Anything from 3 to 4. I don't mess around with it. That is the devil's hour. Yeah. What's crazy, too, is this one, like, you have to have someone come, like, get you. And, like, they're supposed to, like, they're supposed to come into the, come to, like, the door and call your name. And then if you don't work up, they have to call your cell phone. And if that doesn't work, you have a glass of water and a bucket and they have to, like, throw it on you and they can't touch you. Who comes up with this? I don't know. I love it, too, because this post is, like, Please don't actually try this. Then why the fuck are you posting it? No, I'm gonna, gonna try it. I'm gonna try it. I know we're doing this truth and dare thing now, but I'm not gonna do any paranormal games. So I'm just gonna tell you that. So don't even. I will do maybe one. Okay, well then you can dare her. Not if me. you pay me, but not the midnight, not the midnight man game. I have enough fucking shit with this game, with this damn research. For, like, the least scary of the games, I had fucking some creepy intruder-like thing walking up my goddamn stairs with a metal foot leaving hearts on my Kindle. Terrifying. I can't imagine what like, would It was, like, just, like, dragging something? Yeah, it, it sounded like someone was dragging a metal foot up the stairs, so it would be, like, thump, drag, thump, like, drag, Like a night? Huh? Like a night? Kind of. Kind of like a night with a limp, maybe. You could have slept in my bed. In your room? In that area? Yeah. Girl, that'd be closer no, to the I, stairs. No, I meant like if we're roommates again. If I was I there, oh, you, could have, you could have popped in bed with me. I might have. That night was literally terrifying. I barely slept that night. Or you can like literally call me and just come over and stay at my place. I know. But I like to tough it out because you can't show them you're scared or else they will like not leave you alone. You well I think if you don't if you them. don't sleep, then that obviously shows them you're scared. I went to sleep eventually. That's how they put the fucking heart on my Kindle. <laughs> I wasn't asleep for that. After I turned on all the lights and was like, Leave me alone! I went to sleep. Maybe it was just like, you know, Frankenstein, like misunderstood. well, Frankenstein wasn't the monster, it was a doctor. But yeah. like he was just misunderstood. The full of love. I really felt bad for the monster. I'm just, I'm not a fan of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. I like it. It's dark. 
She's a dark character as well. I think she's the one that took her lover's heart and like wrapped it in paper and kept it in her desk after he died. Okay, well, that's a little too dark for me. That's a little dark for me too, but you know, gotta respect the gothic literature. Do respect it. Anyway, let's wrap it up, guys, because I want to go to bed. Actually, I'll probably go home and crochet a little bit, and then I'll go to bed. Yeah. Okay, now that's an old idea. I was about to defend you. I'm like, we do do them late. We do our podcast late. I don't care. You know what? I like crochet. I'm really bad at it. You know what? Crochet away. Be a crochet bitch. Who cares? I'm like Jess from New Girl. I'm just becoming more like Jess every single day. You are like Jess from New Girl? I know. Literally, I will probably play video games after this. Sounds good. We're total opposite. I'm gonna crochet and have popcorn and probably watch New Girl because it makes me happy. Uh, the game I'm playing is like really dark and it's like this girl trying to find asylum. She like breaks into the asylum that her sister was in and she has to like find clues of like how her sister died. And it's pretty dark. Nope. I'm good. <laughs> My ex always trying to get me to like watch like horror games and stuff. He's like, you'd probably be really scared, but this is what it looks this- like. And I was like, no, no, I'm good. I'm yeah, a little, like, they tried to, like, pop scare and stuff. And it's just a bunch of, it's, like, clues. And you have to play, like, games. Like, I like the thinking aspect of it. That's why I personally like it. Because mm-hmm. it makes you think and you have to, like, play games. Trying to keep my mind sharp, you know? I get it. So, any one that's played any of these games or any paranormal games just dm us because i want to know yeah and if you guys want to hear about more paranormal games my god there are so many we could do many many episodes about it i would do the three kings maybe no do no i would do the 11 mile road because you get a wish I mean, the Three of Kings is interesting because it's about knowledge, right? And the Eleven Mile Road is interesting because it's about gaining a wish. But some of these games, I'm like, exactly, Grim. What's the point? I, I just no feel point. like there's a catch. I don't know. The Eleven Mile Road just seems like there's a catch to it. Uh, yeah, the fact that that guy never replied is a little weird. He's probably dead. Probably. All right, guys. Well, we're going to wrap it up. As always, please follow our podcast Instagram at Bitches Don't Brunch. Follow Montana at MBigSky. Follow me at Spellbell Period Poet. You can follow our YouTube, Bitches Don't Brunch. We have a Facebook, which is like Bitches Don't Brunch without the I. We have an email that you can contact us at at bdontbrunchpodcast at gmail.com. Please rate and review on Apple Podcast or Spotify or wherever you are listening to this as it helps us get seen and we want to do more of these and sometimes they take up a lot of time but they're really fun and we want to do this for like a living so help. (laughs) Uh, I think that's it. And then we are doing truth or dare so feel free to send in your truth or dares and we have a support button want to take that away montana yeah you just hit the support button <laughs> beautiful if you don't want to pledge to our patreon which we haven't gotten set up yet you can support button you can send us two dollars five dollars i think the support dollars. button is just like a monthly donation and it can be like anything like liz said two dollars four dollars five is it monthly or is it a one time I don't know because i haven't like supported our own channel i would assume it's like a one-time donation it's fine. Anyway, I had fun researching this. I'm going to go light some incense and uh, 
open some windows and to crochet get negativity out. Yep, crochet and have my popcorn and watch New Girl. And that is my night, and I am excited for it. <laughs> it's been a long week, and I'm so fucking tired. That's been a long week. What's up with the busy work week, man? Oh, my hands hurt. Guys, can you just make us famous so I don't have to massage like five and six days a week because my hands My hurt. hands were actually hurting today when I was like work, working on this lady's feet. Yeah. And I only had like, supposed to do four massages today and I was thinking of you. I'm like, how does Liz do six of these? I don't know. I don't know. I'm so worn out by the end of the day. Yeah. I cannot. Well, it's not just like the physical aspect. It's like you just pick up so much energies by all mm-hmm. the different bodies that you're touching mm-hmm. year round. Yeah. It's a lot. I had three people come in late today and normally I give them a few minutes over, but I was like, no, fuck you. You three are literally always late. I put in every single one of my notes, always late, always late, always late. What the fuck going over for you? I don't care. Get here on time. And then the one guy was like, I have to have my phone on me in case I get called in. Yeah, okay, fine. I get it. But God, I'm in a fiery mood right now, guys. I'm fiery. I'm a spew fire like a fucking Hey, driver. I had a couple that were called and they were going to be 10 minutes late. And they ended up being 45 minutes late. You can't do anything. Needless to say, you, they did not get the massage. Sorry about it, guys. Sorry about your luck. And know? the owner was like, you know, when they thought they were going to be like, the 10 minutes late he's like you can just like go over five minutes and the other therapist was like nope we're ending on time thank you agreed like she was like stern about it you're if you're not early you're late and if you're late you're not getting any more of my time because you know what i'm doing during those 15 minutes i'm flipping the room i'm wiping the table i'm putting on new sheets i'm wiping down the surfaces because of covid I'm trying to eat something in between my massages. I vape, which I need to quit, but whatever. And then I put notes in. And then by the time all that's done, oh, and I have to go to the bathroom. By the time all that's done, it's time to get the next client. And I have 15 minutes to do that. So you're going to take away my 15 minutes between appointments? No, you're not. Sorry. Do you ever spray the room after a client because some of them like smell funky? Yes. Like, oh. Cigarettes. And I think one time I had alcohol and I was like, God, you are sweating it from your pores. And this makes me want to vomit. And then the last two days, I've smelled like vomit, and I'm like, where is this coming from? So I don't like know. Like someone puked and just didn't tell you, and it's like hidden yeah. in the room somewhere? Yeah, but it was in two Ew. different rooms. And I don't know. I have like a very sensitive nose, so like I pick up like the tiniest smell. So I don't know. No. We rambled there for a minute. We rambled, but that just is be on it. time for your massage. Be on time for your massage and support us. <laughs> we love you. See you on the next one. See you on the next one. If we don't do these games and disappear. Don't put that out there. We're not going to disappear because we're not going to do the game. It's going to be fine. We're not going to do the games. And if we do do the games, we we win. Anyway, bye guys. Bye. Bye.